You're listening to Blood on the Tracks on TMB DOS Radio, a monthly, hour-long exploration and celebration of film soundtracks and scores. Hello and welcome back to Blood on the Tracks. This is a exploration and celebration of movie soundtracks and scores. I'm your host, Lee Russell, and we are at the end of the year. Yes, indeed. 2017 is done. What a rotten, shitty year, but it is gone. And now it's just getting really fucking cold. We're getting right into winter. Things are starting to really chill down. Really cold winds, snow on the ground, all that bullshit. So I decided I didn't really want to do a Christmas-themed sort of episode this time out. I figured that was a little too cliched. And there's really not a lot of movies set around New Year's. As far as I know, anyway. Perhaps I'll have to do some more research on that one. But I just kind of put it out there casually on the They Must Be Destroyed on Site Facebook page. What would you guys want to see? Or what would you guys want to listen to, to be more specific? And I got a nice little suggestion from Court Psyops, from Cinema Psyops. An excellent, excellent podcast that you should be listening to if you're not. He said, why not just uh, movies set during the winter? There's movies set, you know, in the dead of winter. They don't have to be centered around Christmas or holidays. They just have to be set in a place that's really fucking cold and full of snow and bullshit. And I figured, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. So I started looking through stuff, uh, started doing research, and came up with a lot of movies. I had to pare this down quite a bit, actually. So uh, we continue to just go down deep rabbit holes with this stuff. So I'm not going to do too much talking here, hopefully. Just keep trying to cut that down and give you guys more music than uh, me bloviating on about bullshit. So we're going to get right into our first little uh, set of songs here. And these are all from Stephen King adapted works. He said a lot of his stuff sort of during the dead of winter. So uh, that works out, I guess. Uh, We're going to be listening first to Midnight, the Stars, and You from The Shining from 1980, done by uh, Ray Noble and his orchestra. Uh, Iconic song that uh, the movie sort of ends on as the camera zooms in on that picture in the Overlook Hotel where you see that Jack Nicholson has always been the caretaker. Then we're going to move on to Buster's Last Stand from Misery from 1990, done by uh, Mark Shaman who's also pretty well known for doing the two Adams Family movies from the uh, 90s. And he's done a lot of other work too, but uh, and mostly in the 90s, but the Adams Family stuff is what I know him for. And then we're going to finish off with a not a well-loved Stephen King adaptation, quite frankly. And uh, I can see why most people don't love it, because it's not all that good. Uh, a lot of big names and very little to show for it. Uh, the book itself isn't great either. Uh, but Dreamcatcher, 2003, James Newton Howard, who's probably best known for doing the uh, theme for ER, at least the early seasons. And uh, he's also worked on the on two of the Batman films with Christopher Nolan, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight Rises. So we're going to get into those, and we'll be right back. Thank you. 
Just like the winters can sort of drag on, we're going to drag on here a little bit with an extended block of songs. We've got five tracks coming up for you guys. First off, we're going to look at the only comedy that made the cut for this list. It's going to be the Pennsylvania Polka from Groundhog Day, 1993, done by Frank Yankovic, who I guess is some sort of polka king. I didn't do research. I do know he's not related to Weird Al. That's about all I know. Although I think Weird Al basically took the name because he used to play a lot of accordion. Probably still does. I don't know. Then we're going to look at two vampire films. First track is going to be The Bloody Fruits of Barrow from 30 Days of Night. Kind of an interesting high concept vampire film. Uh, this was done by Brian Reitzel, who is was, I should say, the drummer for L.A. punk band Red Cross. I don't know if they still do music or not. But he d has done a lot of work with Sofia Coppola. Lost in Translation, Virgin Suicides, etc., etc. Then we're going to look at a bonafide modern vampire classic in Let the Right One In. It's Giving Up from that movie from 2008, done by Johan Soder, Soderquist? Sodervist? I, I don't know how to pronounce that. There's a, there's a Q in there that shouldn't be in there. Change your name. Then we're going to move on to the movie Runaway Train from 1985, and this is uh, Trevor Jones's uh, soundtrack, and the song is Past, Present, Future. Trevor Jones has done a lot of great stuff. Uh, he worked on Excalibur, The Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, Dark City, Last of the Mohicans, a lot of great fucking soundtracks he's worked on. Then we're going to finish this block off with selections from John Barry's score for a little bit of a... 1970s oddity, kind of an overlooked, eh, I wouldn't say gym, but it's kind of interesting all the same. And uh, that is The White Buffalo from 1977. John Barry's score, we're going to be looking at the main titles and the sort of combination suite, I guess, of Mr. Otis, Charlie One-Eye, and Buffalo Rampage. They're all sort of jammed together into one track. John Barry is well known for doing 11 of the James Bond films. And he also did Zulu and a lot of other stuff. Uh, basically from James Bond to something is a lot less classy, I guess, in Star Crash. Uh, but uh, I love Star Crash, so fuck anyone who derides him for that. But yeah, The White Buffalo, Charles Bronson film, where he basically plays Wild Bill Hickok under an assumed name who's basically traveling the West... 
his eyesight is going, which is a real thing that uh, was a problem for uh, Hickok himself. And he's basically traveling the Wild West looking for this white buffalo that's haunting his dreams. And he runs into Crazy Horse, of all people, who is also hunting this white buffalo down because apparently it killed his daughter. And it's sort of this uh, existential journey where they're both trying to hunt this white buffalo down and kill it. And it's all about their destinies catching up with them and all this other stuff. It's very weird. The buffalo is both really cool and really lame at the same time. Because uh, depending on what version of it you watch, you can see the tracks that they basically push the damn mechanical thing on uh, coming at them. But I like it. It's something I've seen many, many times, even since I was a kid. And it's kind of stuck with me. So, okay, we're going to finish on that for the first half of the show. We'll be back with the second half after some promos from some podcasts that I like. We'll be right back.
ungodly warlock. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Uh, necrophilia. Uh, uh, uh. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, prudes. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of. Unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this movie. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything Dude, that kept Little history up. doll yeah, popping absolutely. up at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was How be did a rough you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Okay, we're back for the second half of the show, guys. And now we're going to start off with one of my favorite horror movies, one of my favorite modern horror movies, too. This is Calhoun's Story from Ravenous from 1999. One of the more unique soundtracks you're going to find. It's got this really nice sort of minimalistic fusion of different kind of traditional instrumentation styles, but it's done in a very off-kilter, oddball way that is very infectious this was done by Damon Albarn from Blur, the uh, British pop band, and Michael Nyman. A nice little collaboration there. Then we're going to move on to The Moon, plus A Change of Heart from A Simple Plan. Nice, another little sort of cold, cold winter fucking film. And this is done by Danny Elfman, one of his better sort of works, I think. I think a lot of Danny Elfman's stuff kind of... Uh, just doesn't sound good to me. It's not my sort of thing, but uh, here he does a really good job. And we're going to finish off with some more Danny Elfman. We're going to look at The Cemetery from Batman Returns from 1992. And once we do that, we'll be back for our final block of songs. Thank you. 
Okay, we're back. And I realized I made a mistake earlier on. Just before we got to our midway point, I said we had a five-track block of songs to listen to, when actually we had a six-track block of songs to listen to. So just like winter in real life, sometimes it lingers on a bit longer than you had thought, and it's just more miserable. Well, hopefully this was not as miserable, but you get my point, I think, anyway. At any rate, we're going to finish off the episode now. So we've got three more tracks to go to here. First off, we're going to look at a piece from Carter Burwell's fantastic score for 1996's Fargo. And this is just the title track, basically, Fargo, North Dakota from Fargo. Haunting little beautiful piece. Then we're going to move on to something that's quite amazing. And I just watched this film twice this week, actually. The aforementioned Cinema PsyOps uh, podcast just did an episode on this. This is John Carpenter's The Thing, and this is the Ennio Morricone piece, Humanity, Part 2, basically the title track for that. And they mentioned on Cinema PsyOps how the score is kind of like The Thing. It kind of hides, and you don't really notice it until it jumps out at you, and it's too late. It's a very minimalist, very low-key kind of score that just kind of pumps in the background and then it hits you at big moments. And it's a, it's a beautiful piece of music. Then we're going to finish off with one more Ennio Morricone piece. And this is Pasigi Nel Tempo from The Great Silence from 1968. Perhaps the saddest spaghetti western ever. The most downer film on this uh, list maybe next to the thing. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys had a good 2017 and looking forward to 2018. Hope you guys stick with the podcast. I have uh, enjoyed the response I've gotten for this little sub-podcast that I've been doing. And of course the continued support for the main They Must Be Destroyed on Site podcast. It's uh, very, very cool to get uh, what feedback we do get. And it's been almost, actually it's basically all been 100% positive. So there you go. Thank you, guys, and uh, we will see you in 2018.
Thank you for listening to Blood on the Tracks. For other episodes of this program, as well as episodes of our main podcast, They Must Be Destroyed on Site, please visit us at tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through.